Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie.
Welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host Pudgy. Another Sunday, time to do this thing again. August 4th, 2013, and we are definitely in the house. Right now it is 8.03 p.m. I'm sorry, 8.05 p.m. on the East Coast. All my West Coast folks, you guys are three hours behind. Definitely appreciate you guys locking it in with us as I count a little bit of money that's on my table right here that I won for my my little football trivia that we were having. Um, I'm a little bit rushed right now, man, so sorry if it sounds like I'm huffing and puffing or you hear a lot of noise or this and that and the third, but you know, it is what it is, man. This is a live show, definitely going down. We don't take many shows, and uh, you know, most of these we are flying off the cuff. You know, we try to give you guys nothing but the real, you know, a, a really exciting and, and fully functional show to the point where you're going to get some information. You know, you're going to get some uh, some communication on things that you probably didn't know about, or you're happy that some people are talking about things that you don't normally get other folks to talk about. I mean, you know, we just call it what it is. A lot of the things that we say and a lot of the things that we're talking about is uh, is not popular. You know, some people could care less about political differences. Some people could care less about politics. You know, uh, some people could care less about what's going on in their country. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just one of those things, man. We we try to talk about those things and keep it rele- relevant and, uh, you know, discuss the topics that are happening in the nation and some of the things that, you know, our uh, uh, constituents are going through or other citizens out there in the area are going through. And, and frankly, it's important. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in politics, you're subjected to anything. And uh, one thing that I always see uh, is, is something that the NAACP was doing. And I, listen, I'm not here to to do the name calling, and, uh, and I'm not here to throw anybody under the bus. I, I'm really never doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like th- this show, I'm never, ever, 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 ever trying to throw somebody under the bus. I'm only speaking about the truth based on the facts, how I read them. You know, some people can agree with it. Some people don't. A lot of people may disagree with it because it's unpopular. But at the end of the day, I'm just talking about the facts and, and you know, things the way that they're given. And you can either accept that or not. You know, it is what it is. You can dislike me because of it. It is what it is, but it's not going to change the facts. And, uh, you know, Moral Mondays is uh, something that the NAACP is doing uh, in the in the capital, North Carolina, uh, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, doing up there at the legislative office, at the legislative building, excuse me. And uh, the look, the NAACP. Let, let me just say this, because a lot of the times people uh, will write me emails, or you know they would comment behind something that I might might have commented on on the KRP blog, or you know maybe the Curb Radio blog, or or, or on something or on the Twitter, Facebook. Who knows? You know who knows what it is. I'm always doing something, you know, all over the place in terms of social media, and. Uh, the NAACP, I, listen, I, I respect the origin of the NAACP, right? Let me just get that out here. I, I respect the origin of the NAACP. I respect who they are. You know, I, I definitely respect, you know, what they derived from and and what they stood for in the past. I'm not talking about what they're doing now. 
in, in terms of my respect and in, and in terms of my 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 love. Yes, I do love the NAACP, the origin of them. You know, I'm not talking about what they're doing right now. Just speaking on the institution that once was the NAACP. I mean, let's face it. You know, you got to keep it funky. They actually made some some ground. I mean, you know, the NAACP have helped a lot of great things happen in this great nation. And, uh, you know, conservatives might not believe that or don't want to, you know, that, that's a lie. I know conservatives believe that. Conservatives know about that. Conservatives are normally on time when it comes to history, okay? But whether they want to accept the fact right now and talk about those things right now and those accomplishments right now is a different story. But at the end of the day, the NAACP, i got a special love for them. You know, I, I understand uh, where some of the leaders now come from and the time period that they come from. And I've worked with a lot of people who are involved with the NAACP and a lot of people who are doing things with the NAACP and, and you know, who are who hold positions, you know, within that organization. And uh, I'm not saying that, you know, I hate them, but I'm just saying it's 2013 right now. Okay. And, and from where I sit as a black man, you know, I'm not super rich to the point where, you know, I'm away from normal civilization. I'm not, I'm not the Kanye Westers and the, the Jay-Zs. I'm not them. You know, I'm not so super rich that I can't touch the pulse of the community. So believe it or not, and I, and I know a lot of hip-hop fans are like, ah, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But let me tell you this. Kanye and Jay-Z aren't the same who they were either. You know, once you get a certain amount of money, you can't touch the same pulse of people that you once touched before. Once you've been doing something for so long, which is why I think we need terms on Senate, you can't do the same thing for the same group of people. Meaning once you get older and you've been doing hip hop, let's say like hip hop for example, or 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 in the Senate or the House, I mean in Congress period, at the end of the day, you can't do the same things that you once did before. If you've been doing this job for so long and you got in this thing and it was a different time in one point in your life and it's a different time period now, let's say you got in got in Congress or you got in music 20 years ago. You know, look at the likes of Quincy Jones and, and uh, people like uh, Diana Ross or, you know, people like, let's, let's think of people who are, who are still trying to do it. Let's say people like Shaka Khan and Al Green. These people don't have the same impact that they once had because in the period that they started, the art was different. You know, the fan base is different. The people who they were reaching out to has grown up with them, you know, so that demo, that group of demographic that they once talked to are doing something new. They're doing something different. And that that holds true for, for all people. That holds true for the Kanye Wests. That holds true for the Jay-Zs. You know, once your audience gets older if and you're growing with your audience, if you don't have something new to give them, you know, something that are more in line with the age group that you are now and that your fan base is now, and, and you can go out of that category just a little bit. Sometimes you have an appeal for another type of audience. But at the same time, if you're not appealing to those people who are most who are more close in your age group, you know, you ain't hitting no more. <laughs> you, you're not, you know, the it anymore. You, you're not the topic of discussion anymore. And, and this is what I'm saying in, in, in tribute to 
the, the NAACP, you know, when they were around and, and those people that I deal with that, that were back there fighting in the civil rights era, you know, when they were out there fighting and they were getting down and they were doing their thing and they were appealing to people. Now, let's keep it funky. Freedom appeals to all people. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that freedom only appeals to a certain demographic of people you know, a, a certain age group of people, because that, that doesn't hold true. But freedom also means different things for different people and different ethnic groups as well. So we also got to realize what's going on when we start talking about freedom. You know, there's a mass appeal over a broad audience, but it, it has a different meaning for different people. So you got a group like the NAACP who comes along, and, and they're doing great things. I mean, they're rocking. They're, they're talking about freedom for women, and they're talking about the suffrage overseas, and, you know, they're talking about the homeless. And shout out to Martin Luther King, who was taking on a whole new uh, 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 meaning to life, I think, who was taking on a whole new agenda, uh, if you will. But, uh, you know, you got a group like the NAACP right now, 2013, and they're still stuck in the civil rights era, if you ask me. And that's why I can't really rock with you know, groups like the NAACP anymore. Because, you know, you got issues like, well, first of all, let me go back to this this more Monday thing that, that, that they're doing at the legislative offices uh, in the legislative building down there in Raleigh, Raleigh North Carolina, at, at my state capital, at our state capital. You know, they're out there. People are getting locked up. People are getting arrested. They're protesting. They got their signs. And I've been out there, right? And, and I actually had a meeting at the governor's office, but I, I I went out there before my meeting. I went out there, and I blend in. It's pretty easy. I'm a black dude, early 30s, you know, dressed nice or whatever. You know, I, I had on a suit and tie because you know I come to meetings proper. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's what we teach our kids to do. That's the way I was taught. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, I'm I'm dressed proper, so they're probably thinking, you know, he's a minister, he's somebody church member, you know, whatever. So I'm out there, I'm listening to what they're talking about, and, you know, I'm watching these folks, and, you know, there's some people out there who are very emotional about what they're doing, and they believe in it with all their heart, and, and this is something that I try to, you know, tell conservatives is that, you know, these folks aren't out there in vain. You know, some of the leaders understand what they're doing, you know, some of those top officials, if that's what you want to call them, or, you know, the main representatives, you know, those people understand what's going on. Those people understand what they're really doing. You know, they're, they're, they're antagonizing, they're, they're, you know, they're bothering people as, as much as possible, you know, to promote their agenda. And, and the people that are involved, the, the regular citizens, the people who are passionate about it, you know, the people from uh, 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 the, the the civil rights era or the kids of those folks, you know, me, grandkids of people who was, you know, involved and caught up in the civil rights movement, you know, those folks are out there and they're not out there in vain. They're out there ready to rock. You know, they feel like they are their grandparents. They feel like they're leaving on the legacy. That, I'm sorry, they're continuing the legacy that their grandparents left or that their parents left or, or even great-grands in some cases. You know, these folks are out there, and they feel like, you know, we got to get this job done. You know, we got to be the representatives. We need to be out there making sure, you know, these people are listening to what we're talking about and, and equal rights and yada, 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 and, you know, all sorts of things, man. You know, they're out there, and they're really rocking, and they're really talking about things that are going on, and they're passionate, and they're truthful, and they believe, they're believers, 
and they believe in what they're doing. <clears throat> they believe in that agenda. Because you got to remember, if you've been taught all your life about the NAACP being the forefront of the civil rights, you're happy as hell to be rocking with these folks. You know? You feel good to be out there standing with those folks. You feel good to 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 to, to create some kind of controversy around, you know, freedom, the topics of freedom and equal rights for all people, especially black folks. You know, you feel good about what you're doing. And and what happens is from the outside in, because I'm I'm watching these folks, but I'm also watching the, the main antagonizers, the sled, the whip, the whip backcrackers. That's what I like to call them. You know, I'm watching these folks too because you can easily see who's driving the agenda. You know, who's 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 uh, 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 spearheading this event. You know, you you can easily see those folks out of the crowd because they're the ones with the megaphones. You know, they're the ones that are that are most outspoken. You know, they're the ones that that lead the chant and and lead the songs and you know all this noise and they're the ones talking the loudest and screaming and you know. Listen, it's crazy to me because folks don't really understand the grand scheme of things. Like, they understand why they're there. They understand why they're passionate. They understand the freedoms and equalities and all the reasons that brought them to that to that event center or that building or wherever they are, you know, that brought them to the organization and interacting with the NAACP. But they don't understand what the NAACP's agenda is. And how 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 not relevant the NAACP is today in 2013. See, my only problem with dealing with these folks and trying to interact with them and, and inviting them to the table and having discussions with them is that it's simply this. A lot of folks are still stuck in that era. They don't want to hear no different. You know, they don't want to they don't they don't want to hear anything but that slavery. That's slavery. That's wrong. That ain't right. That ain't equal. You know, they're just trying to enslave us, you know, and, and that's what goes on repeatedly, repeatedly in their minds. And and once you start talking about things and you start breaking down things and, and you start breaking down policy and, you know, you're talking to them about people who they're supporting and the things that those folks supported and the, and the private meetings that they've had with your supposed opposition, you know, then it starts to be clear and, and and it starts to open up their eyes and, and and then people can embrace what you're saying, you know. But when you got people that are that are as powerful as the NAACP with the history that they come from, it's hard as hell to beat that. You ain't gonna beat that with hate. You ain't gonna beat that with a whole lot of spewing of dislike. You know, you're not gonna beat that with a few pictures that circle around on the internet or a few hot topics or a few hot posts on Twitter or Facebook or or any any other blogs or whatnot. You're not gonna beat that with a couple of articles. You know, you got to beat that in the trenches. And the only way to beat that in the trenches is understand where these people are coming from. I don't mean go to them and talk to them. I mean, you got to go to where they live and see how they live and ask them why do they live this way and experience that. You know, you got to go through some of the things that they go through. And then you can then you can really understand what these people are going through and how these people have came to some of the conclusions that they have. But at the end of the day, you still got people like the NAACP. And I, I don't know why, and again, I'm not trying to diss them. Lord knows I'm not trying to diss them. I'm only speaking the truth. And like I said before, you can dislike me because of it. It is what it is. But you got a group who has the word colored 
right, colored in their names. But if you called any one of those black people or any one of those African-American people colored, you probably got a damn fight on your hands. Now, that's real simple. To me, I mean, that, that, that's real simple. Like, that's, that's easy for people to compute. And, and I, don't know how it, I don't know how they can refute it at the end of the day. You know, these are the same, same people that are talking color lines and color barriers and, 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 and equality and this and that, but they're not even willing to change the name that they deem immoral or that they deem wrong in their eyes. They're not even willing to change that name in their title. But they ask you to fight because of it. See, you it's simple to me, but again, it's not simple to everybody because people are letting simple things go so easily. Because they're ready to get down in the trenches and start fighting for, again, something we already fought for. See, I, why I, I don't understand why people want to still fight the same fight that's already been won. We've already beat equality. We've already won for civil rights. We've already did that. Our grand, our great grands and our grandparents and some of our mothers, excuse me, our mothers and fathers have done that for us. So all you 20-somethings, all you teens and 20-somethings and 30-somethings and even you 40-somethings and maybe some early 50-somethings too, that's not your battle no more. We don't have to fight that battle no more. Just the mere fact that we can fight that battle means that we've already beat that. But y'all ass still stuck in the past. Y'all still still want to fight for equality. We still want to fight for civil rights. Listen, you can keep fighting that fight, but that's not the main factor anymore. That's not the main thing that we need to pay attention to anymore. Because at the end of the day, we're all slaves. Doesn't matter. We're all slaves to the system. And that, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later, ladies and gentlemen. We're all slaves to the system, whether you believe it or not. I don't care if you're Democratic. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're independent. Hell, you can be a liberal, progressive. Don't matter to me. Don't matter what you believe in. God, Allah, Jazah, or whoever, Haley, Selassie, You can name all the gods in the world, Zeus, Crixus, anybody. Martin, I don't care what you believe. Anybody you believe in, at the end of the day, we're all slaves to the system. And if you don't believe me, get a traffic ticket. Okay? Get a seatbelt ticket. Okay? Write a bad check. Okay? It's so many different things. And, and, and you know, I don't want to get into it right now because we're going to talk about it later, a little bit later with some guests I got coming on the show. But at the end of the day, listen, we're all slaves to the system. But for my black people out there, I love y'all. And, and the NAACP, I hope you folks are listening. That 1964-65 fight that you're fighting has already been won. You know, with the voter ID bills that you, you guys making all, see, it's, it's all political. The NAACP has become a political machine for the Democratic Party. That's real simple. You should be able to understand that. You know, when folks start talking about, you know, voter ID is wrong, and, and, and this is the age of identity theft. So at the end of the day, you want to tell me that voter ID is wrong and we're in the age of identity theft? So the same people that's telling you come to the community center so we can teach you about your credit is the same people that are telling you it's wrong for you to have an ID to vote. What in the hell sense does that make? Folks, you should be able to figure it out for yourself, folks. You don't, you don't need P-Rail. You don't need Pudgy to come through here and tell you that it's wrong. You should be able to figure that out for yourself. The same people 
all across this country who are signing these kids up for college, you know, who are telling some of these kids, hey, you know what, you should go to the military, this might be a good living for you. You know, the same people who are talking this, you need to have an ID to make these things happen. Go get a job, go to college, this, that, and the other. All the things and the, the programs and, and the things they want to sign you up for and that they're promoting is ID savvy. But these are the same people that are saying you shouldn't have an ID to vote, you shouldn't need an ID to vote. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's that's insane. I don't even know where you would come up with something like that from. I don't even know how these folks can stand up here and you know and vote for the for for the the, the belief not to have to provide an ID to vote. You know, if anybody understands how the voting process works, you don't have to prove anything to vote. If I knew what your address was, anybody out there, if I knew your date of birth and I knew your address, I could go vote for you, as you, and you'd never know until it was too late. But if you never went to vote, you never know. Most people only vote in the general election, the presidential election. People aren't voting for, you know, their mayors, their governors. People aren't voting for the city council, you know, judges. People aren't even voting for that. You know, and, 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 and the NAACP, again, they're not even encouraging people to vote for that. Those voters' numbers haven't changed. You know, they're still not over 20%, especially not for blacks. It's somewhere around 8%. Never been over 11%. Talking North Carolina right now. So, I mean, these folks aren't even encouraging you to go out and exercise the same rights that they say and that they claim they're fighting for that you already have but they're still trying to promote the fact that you shouldn't have to exercise a right that you already gained, that we've already fought for, that we already won. Everybody has an ID. How in the hell do you think people are getting in clubs? How in the hell do you think people are getting jobs? Everybody has some form of ID. This, listen, this fight wasn't even about blacks. This, this fight wasn't even about African Americans or whatever the hell y'all call yourself. I call you black people because y'all know how we get down. So this fight wasn't even about us. This fight was about foreigners on American soil exercising their right to vote. Let's keep it funky. Because anybody from another land, anybody from another land understands these these few principles right here, these simple things right here. They understand that once they get in America, they won't be sent right back. They understand the fact that if they get here and apply for benefits, they're going to get them. So who in the hell you think these people are going to vote for? They're not going to vote for the people who are crying stipulations behind benefits. They're going to vote for the people that say, give it to them, give it to them, give it to them. You know? And and, and in the neighborhood I grew up, hell, not even respect. Ain't, ain't nobody give me nothing. You know, we didn't even promote giving nobody anything. We promote loving each other. We promote it. And, and this is for people who don't know a damn thing about the black neighborhood, too, by the way. Because there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of conservatives, too, by the way, a lot of black conservatives, too, you know what I'm saying, and, and a lot of liberals, too, let's call it what it is, a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans, everybody. There's a lot of people that are not from the inner city that are looking at this thing from the outside and think they know what the hell we go through, and they don't have a damn clue. You don't know what it feels like to have to keep applying for benefits and getting a boss to fill out a full step form for you and getting the first pay stub or going to find five different six weeks or eight weeks of pay stubs and, and bank records and trying to hide money just so you can get a $300. People don't even understand what that's like. But they're always commenting on it. 
You know, a lot of people in the NAACP today, they don't understand what the struggle's like. So, again, we never promoted giving anybody anything. That's not where we're from. And that's why I always self-define myself as conservative. I don't let anybody define me. I define myself as conservative because simply this, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-God, and I'm pro-rights. That means constitution all the damn way. You know why? Because we fought for it. And so many people died behind it. I'd be a fool not to be pro-Constitution. You can break it down to however you want. You can make up whatever excuses you want for the Constitution. You can make up any kind of backhanded, this happened behind that, this happened behind this. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't for that Constitution, we'd damn sure be worse off than we are today. It's 8.30, man. I got to go to a commercial. You listen to the K-I-R-P radio show, baby, 619 638 8559. I ain't done with this. When I come back, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more, man. If you're listening by phone, hit us up, www.kirpradioshow.com, or you can check us out on Blog Talk Radio. That's blog talk, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. That's only one way to check us out. And you can also check out the archives from that website and, you know, a few other things we got posted on there. A couple pictures. You, you'll see some hating ass comments. You might see some of my comments or some of the staff's comments or whatever. Uh, you can also check us out on iTunes for all my iPhones listeners out there. Check us out on iTunes podcast, KIRP1 Radio 2. Show is three. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. The Twitter is at KIRP Radio Show. My Twitter is at NC Pudgy. Y'all blowing me up. Keep it coming. Appreciate the love. We're also on Facebook. That's www.facebook.com. Backslash KRP Radio Show. Let me get a little bit of the backstabbers right now, man. We'll be right back after these messages at the 8:30 hour. Y'all got me hyped, man. I'll be back in just flash. Hang with me. All the time they wanna take your place, the backstabbers. K-I-R-P Radio! Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm going to be at the Bull Center cheering for my baby. (laughs) 
you don't call yourself a superstar, that's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. And this is only the beginning. Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes to play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressed number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. Sorry about that long pause, folks. Uh, shout out to everybody out there rocking with us, man. My apologies. Um, listen, 
you know, I don't I don't like to uh oh I'm sorry, I gotta give a shout out to my colleges out here that's showing us some love, man. Uh I see you guys at ECU, shout out to you guys at ECU. Uh, UNC Wilmington, see you guys. UNC Chapel Hill, that's a shock. I see you guys over there, too. You B.I.G. in my book. I appreciate the love that you show. Shout out to the Deltas at Hampton. I see you guys on the blog. Y'all talking a lot of junk, man. Y'all got a lot of noise going on. So shout out to my Deltas out there at Hampton. Uh, Guilford College, I see you. NC State, definitely see the Wolfpack. Shout out to all you Wolfpack fans out there. Temple University, see you guys on the blog. Shout out to you guys showing us some love in, KR, in Kirk Radio Land. And, uh, you know, a host of others, man. Shout out to everybody out there. A&T, I just caught you guys. Got to get y'all. Y'all my hometown. You know, shout out to A&T and shout out to Barton College and Wilson NC. So, you know, shout out to all the colleges out there, man. Y'all y'all show us a lot of love, a lot of controversy around some of the things you, you guys are, are saying and some of the things you guys tweet, man. I got to gotta be careful dealing with you college students, man. Y'all live life real free. I used to know what that was like. But anyway, listen. I don't like to get on the same topics all the time. And and six the number six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Hit number one if you got a comment. There you go, whoever just posted that on the blog. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Press number one if you want to comment. If not, we're just gonna let you guys rock and listen to the show. But listen, I I I don't wanna just keep getting on the same topics over and over and over. I don't want to just keep talking about the NAACP. Like I said before, I rock with them. I, I appreciate them, you know, for who they were. I appreciate the things that they've offered in the past, you know, 64, 65, even up into the 70s, maybe some in the 80s. I can dig it. You know, you guys were rocking. You guys did some wonderful things out there. But now it's just getting a little bit ridiculous. I mean, you know, as I alluded before, you know, again, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, folks, and and you know, Peter, chill. <laughs> but I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here. I'm just simply saying this, man. If you're the same institution that are trying to sign folks up for college, okay, you're the same institution that are promoting job uh, placement and job values and, and, and getting a job, period, you know, you're the same group of people who are who are, are, are pushing credit, you know, trying to help people and inspire people to do better with their credit and, and teach credit, help, help tr- credit worthiness and, you know, credit skills and this, that, and the other. If you're the same people talking about credit protection and, and identity, pr- protecting yourself and your identity, you know, how can you be the same people that are anti-ID when it comes to vote? I just don't get that's Ben Ben Jealous, get at me, man. Somebody hit up Ben Jealous on Twitter. It's at Ben Jealous or at Dr. Ben Jealous or whatever the hell it is. Somebody hit up Ben Jealous and ask him this, man, because I, I don't get it. Maybe some states got some far off. From what I, I read, Ohio's uh, voter ID laws or voter identity uh, uh, bill that they had and some time ago, you know, that was kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, from where I stand, you know, North Carolina, this thing was far before what some folks are calling the, the ID, the, the Obama ID crisis. You know, it, it, it was far before that. You know, do your history, man, and look it up and find out, you know, we went in in 91, 99, 2003, this, that, and the other. You know, this voter ID thing has been out for a while, and it came with the influx of foreigners in America. And and when, when I say foreigners, I'm not only talking about, you know, Hispanics, because that, that when you're from North Carolina and, and most of these southern states, because, you know, in, in the South, man, people can get real kind of real ignorant real quick. And they're always talking about Mexicans this and, 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 and Hispanics that and Spanish this. And 
this, these are not the only people that are coming to America making a living, you know, without being legal. That, come on, y'all got to get real. You know, you got to leave your front porch with your couch on it for a minute. You know, get off that couch that's on your front porch and, and, and leave your pickup truck and go out and explore the world because there's more more foreigners here than just Hispanics or Mexicans or, or, or whatever you guys want to call it. But, you know, anyway, all I'm saying is that, listen, if we're telling our teens that having an ID in 2013 is not the plan going forward, I understand the discourse with some of this, some of these bills, some of these vote ID bills. I get that. You know, I understand that people are mad about some of the language and, and, and some of the terminologies that are in these bills. I understand that. I get that. Again, I can read too. You know, I see clear. But at the end of the day, for our teens, for our 7, 16, 17, 18-year-olds and above, having an ID is the plan. You know, anybody that's telling you that you shouldn't have to have an ID to do something as important as to vote, for your legislators who are going to control your laws and in some terms control your lives, for the, especially for the people who are interactive and the people who are out there doing anything. If you guys are telling your kids that, in two, and, and this is what the NAACP is doing, by the way, and they're demonstrating, if all you can offer your kids is to tell them that they shouldn't have to hide, have an ID because it's unfair somehow or it's unequal somehow or it's uncivilized somehow, if it's you telling your kids that it's okay to get locked up and it's okay to protest and go to jail and get a record and it's already hard as hell to get a job today in 2013, you're the fool. You're the fool if this is the language and if this is the things that you're telling your kids to do. Got a call out of the 434-219. You are third caller in the queue, but I'm going to go to you first because everybody else in North Carolina, and I think I know those people. What's up? Hey, Pudgy, what's going on? This is Mel, man. Hey, man, what's good? How's it going? Nothing much, man. I hear you uh, going off on the uh, NAACP and their attack on the voter ID laws. I don't know if you know or not, here in uh, the 434, Virginia, part of Virginia, we just passed a uh, voter ID law last year. Yes, sir. Uh, are you familiar with that? I am. Yes, sir. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And I'll tell you, it was necessary. It was right on time. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Congressman Moran in Northern Virginia. His son had actually ran, got in some fire because he was trying to get people to illegally vote in Northern Virginia for him. So the <laughs> that's stupid, though. Well, no, it, it, that's, that's what they do. So I do take a disagreement with something that you were saying earlier, too. Don't mean to shout you out. I love your show. I love everything you talk about, bro. It's brother. all good, man. But hey, the, it's all about freedom here, but, bro. Go ahead. Speak your mind. But the NAACP has always been a group of division and divisive. It's not something that has just occurred and something that's taken place. They were founded by people who were sympathizers to the Russian Revolution. If you look at uh, Morfield's story, if you look at all of the people that helped found the NAACP, W.E.D. Du Bois was the least significant person that was founded within that group. Now, also, when Dr. King in the 1960s was fighting for Uh civil rights, the minute Dr. King stood up and stood against, wait for it, the Kennedy and Johnson administration because of Vietnam, Guess who they sent out to talk him down? Roy Wilkins. Who's that? 
Roy Wilkins Roy Wilkins Wilkins was the chairman of the NAACP at this time. Even so much he received a special uh merit honor award by President Johnson. So basically they sent the head house Negro out to talk down talk King for stepping off the plantation. This has been right. a characteristic of the NAACP for the longest time. I found that local chapters are better than the national chapter because national chapters are political. Like, think about it. Excuse my language, bro, but what the hell does climate change have to do with NAACP? And why is that on their website as something that uh, will benefit black America? You it's know, agenda. It's agenda right this. now. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It, it, it's agenda right now. But I don't. Here's the thing. I understand the divisiveness about them. I, I understand all of that, and I, and I also know, you know, who they were founded. 1909. I, I get all that. I, I know, you know, about the founders. I know about the communists. Even marching with King, they were trying to persuade King to do different things. I, I get all that too. But just looking at the accomplishments that they've made, you know, some of the things that they've accomplished have been monumental, especially for Black people. So we can't discredit that. But at the end of the day, we got to be smart enough to latch on to the positives and be able to say, you know what, whoa, we don't need that. You know, just like the government, you can't be – people are so all in for one thing. And, and that's what bothers me, Mel, is that people are so all in for one ideal just because their friends are or just because they believed in one thing, they think that they should believe in another thing. I mean, you, you, you look at conservatives today. And, and I always say, you know, I define conservatism for me. And a lot of conservatives don't like that. <laughs> they hate that. They don't like it, and it's too damn bad because they but don't define a thing for me. <laughs> a- absolutely. Yeah. It, it is their problem. And and I don't agree with a lot of conservatives because a lot of conservatives don't live in real life. They don't they don't understand, you know, some, some people are, are, are comfortably nestled in their own community, and, and they're so uh, – uh, uh, so, just so don't want to ruffle the feathers of people in their own party that they get misled and and things happen within their own party that aren't beneficial for anybody. You know, with all look at all the gerrymandering and all this thing, all these things that go on. So you know, I look at some of the accomplishments that were made, but at the end of the day, it's like a brush, man. I brush my hair while I can brush it, but when the hair grows, I got to throw it away and use a comb. And that's how I feel about the NAACP right now. Well, uh, and, and, and and like I said, that could be you know debatable to a degree. I understand with the uh, 1954 Civil Rights Board of Education, and I hope whoever's listening to this really understands that you and I, we are both knowledgeable brothers, and we we can give a history lesson on the NAACP. So if there are members who well, are members of the NAACP, it's nothing more important than to know the origin of your movement or your group. Is right. that is the most right. important thing that you can that you can do. But now, with that being with that being said, we have to come to terms and realize that people have sold the civil rights movement out long before whites even attempted to exploit it. And what I mean by that is Julian Bond connecting the civil rights movement to the gay acceptance Ooh. movement. You know, no, that was crazy. Uh, or, <laughs> well, he 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 has. Or you'll have someone like Char- Did you hear Charlie Rangel's comments <laughs> earlier about the tea party, bro? He Man, said, uh, you know he what? Said, uh, <laughs> did, did you hear him? Yeah, go and, ahead, and, go and, ahead, and, go ahead. Let's listen to what he said. And and in and in two thousand and thirteen I never thought that we would <laughs> live in a country where we have a sitting congressman 
call a group of people crackers and still yeah. hold an elected position. But I am not surprised because that is the same party and people who may be Democrats who listen to you, they didn't know this, that had a former legal member of the Ku Klux Klan as their president pro tempore up until 2004. And Robert Byrd <laughs> from West, West Virginia. This this party is a grand wizard. I'm sorry, he was he was the grand wizard. He wasn't the he wasn't the next man. He was the man. So yeah. we have to we have to come to terms. People have to come to terms with this and know who you vote for, man, and know which what, what, what the issues are. Don't vote for the person. You vote for the issues, and that's the hard thing. That's, that's right. the hard thing that the NAACP has hurt us with so bad is they teach us more to be loyal like a slave to a master, to a party. And this goes back to the days of Roy Wilkins when Dr. King yeah. spoke against Lyndon Johnson. we got to get past that. And the local chapters have got to grab hold of this and stop going by what they uh, what the national chapter is doing. <coughs> you know what, man? <laughs> I, I remember when, when we were talking about oh, – I'm on the air with Mel Whitlock, too, man. Shout out to the brother. Doing big things out here, man. We've been we've been trying to get Mel to blog for KRP for for the longest, but we can't seem to get it together, man. We got Mel. You need your own show, man. What, what's 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 good with that, brother? Uh, and the and things are in the process right now. Uh, it's it happened and it will happen. Right now, I'm just trying to focus on uh, finishing up and working my nine to five and do what I have to do. You know how that goes because I'm a common American and I live in a I live in common America. So I have to work to pay for all those people who don't want to work. You know how that goes. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Res- responsibility all day. Hey, hey, listen, Mel. Mel, I want you to hang with me because I I, I got somebody I want to bring on the air with you. And uh, shout okay. out to my brother Rocco, who's going to come on here in about five minutes. But I, I got to bring Kevin Daniels here on the scene, and um, you know, I got something to say to Kevin. He's got something to say to the people, and uh, you know. Mel, hang with me because we we got something to talk about here. You, me, you, and Rocco, and, and a couple more folks. Hang on, just here in a second. Welcome to the show, Kevin Daniels. What's up? What's happening? Hey man, did I catch Hello? you off guard there? I know I got you a little early here. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good, man. What's going on? Hey man, it, it, it's all good, man. I um gl- glad you can make the show. Know you're busy, man. Busier than life. You need a clone and. When uh when the president hook up the clones, I'll put you in bid in for you to get one. And I got your back, you know. I will co-sign that as long as you let me borrow it. But hey, um, Kev, yeah, what's on your mind movie, this evening? Um, I was I was watching that Bruce Willis movie this morning. That that Surrey movie where they had them surrogates. Oh yeah, that was crazy. yeah. I need me a couple of them. Send them to work. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that'd be the life right there. Yeah, man. Look, man, you know, you work up there in Raleigh, and, uh, you know, you're in the governor's office, and, um, you know, I know you guys have been having a lot to deal with, more Mondays and something Wednesdays and something Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, too. So, um, <laughs> listen, man, a lot of people are attacking the governor right now, man. I mean... The budget just came out. You know, I don't I don't know, you know, how you feel about it or if you can speak on it or not, but you know, I I'll say, you know, part of the budget I'm unhappy with 
you know, part of the budget I'm I'm okay with. I, I think I think that the governor could have been a little bit stronger on some things that were uh that were asked, you know, especially when it comes to the teachers and, and the schools and this, that and the other. But you know, I, I don't know, man. What 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 do you think about all this is going on, brother? What's on your mind? I think that, you know, the budgetary process is is something that, you know, for one we, we don't have a dictator where it's just like you know, this is what I want, and then this is how it goes, and anybody that goes against it, you know, off with their head. You know, we we have a um, you know a system set up, you know, where the legislature writes the laws and the and the governor signs it in the law. And in those budgetary negotiations, whether it's just on whether it's on a budget as a whole, or whether it's on pieces of legislation bills that have nothing to do with the budget, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of give and take that's in it, you know, that you, you don't always get what you want um, that's in it. Right. You know, you might have to give up some things in order to – you might have to give up <laughs> something over here in order to get something over here, you know, and, and that's just the way it goes. You know, the way that the, the Senate and the House, you know, the way that they they negotiated on things, there was a lot of a lot of give and take in that, you know, where the House proposes a bill and then uh, they pass it and then they send it over to the Senate. The Senate makes its changes on it. And then send it back to the house so it can get ratified, and and then once they come to agreement, then they send it to the governor. But through that whole process, you know, I mean, I I, I will say this about about um, Governor McCoy is that he was involved through the whole process, and he's not one of those guys that's going to get out on TV like he's not Chris Christie. You know, what I mean, he's not <laughs> going to get out there and call people names and call them stupid and all this other stuff and and do all of that. He does. He he takes care of his business behind closed doors. That's that's his that's his governance style, you know, and um, it is what it is, you know, and um, but you know the the whole thing with like these more Mondays and and truthful Tuesdays and witness Wednesdays and a lot of this other stuff that's going on out here, you know, it's just, you know, in my opinion, man, the, the whole. I'm sorry, man. Before I get off on that, did I answer your question about the first thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead though, because I, I, I'm also wanted to know what what, what was on your mind, because you know when I contacted you, you know I told you we were gonna we, we're talking about bipartisanship tonight, and uh, you know I, I had an announcement to make about a website, uh, you know that I just came up with, and uh, you know something that I launched, and and just the way I felt, and I, and I touched on it before, but uh, you know I, I really was just curious about what's on your mind in the political climate today. Because there's a lot of people out there talking about what they will do, and it seems like every time I get a speaking engagement somewhere, and or every time I attend a place where someone else is speaking, you know, there's a fight between. It's it's like Democrats and Republicans always taking shots at each other and leaving the people hungry and thirsty. So you know, Kev, you you my homie. I mean, you're like my brother. You know, we both reach out to people and and ask them. You know, would you like to be involved? And we offer them. A place and 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 how to be involved. You know, we offer them. We extend our arms and say, you know, here's how you can be involved. Here's some things you can do. So, you know, I understand that you go to a lot of these places and you make a lot of these speeches and you speak to a lot of people. So, what's on your mind with the political climate today? Political climate has become anti everything. You know, and it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like when I look at Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. I hear more about what people disagree with with the other party or with their with with the opposition 
than what they agree with. You know, and, and to me that's unfortunate because when I look at Republicans, they hold up Ronald Reagan as a banner to grow an economy. And I look at the Democrats, they hold up Bill Clinton as a way to grow the economy. But what neither of them talk about is who controlled Congress at the time when these guys was president. You know, when Ronald Reagan was president, Congress was controlled by the Democrats. They had to work together in order to create all of these jobs. You know, you had to have a strong leader at the top and the president, and then you had to have a Congress that was doing what, you know, that was, they had to work together, and then vice versa. You know, um, the first half of Clinton years, it was it was run by Democrats, but then Gingrich and them took over. They were they were able to pass welfare reform and and a bunch of other things together. You know, and I'm not here to debate the um, the repercussions of some of these policies that that happened over time, but I'm just here to say that they were able to work together to get some things passed. And right now, it's like. If you are if you are um, a conservative or a liberal and you don't go in lockstep with what either one of them want, then you out the door, you know. Yeah. And to me, that's that's unfortunate. And I'm I'm one that I won't. There's certain things I will not compromise on, not one bit, not one bit. I won't I won't budge. But the way the process is, in order to get a bill passed, I mean, there's there's these people just don't if they wanted to deal with education. They don't pass a bill that deals with just education. There's a right. lot of other things attached to it. So if me, conservative Kev, doesn't like uh, um, something that's in that bill that has nothing to do with education and I vote against that, then I'm automatically painted as anti-education because I don't like something that's attached in this bill. And, you know, the the, the whole, as, you know, I'm I'm able to see politics from a different lens right now, now that I'm working in the in the governor's office. And looking at it from from this angle is that the the process kind of sucks, man. You know, and it's and it's and it's unfortunate that that I see, you know, the 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 the, the Republicans and the Democrats and the conservatives and liberals can't agree on much of nothing because right. it's 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 the ideology plus who they're beholden to. If a Democrat goes out lockstep they're going to get crucified by the NAACP and the pro-choice groups and, and the teachers' unions and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Well, if a Republican gets out of lockstep, the, the, the Tea Party going to get them. The uh, pro-life groups going to get them. You know, and, I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, so how do we overcome that? You know, that's that's where we're at right now. How do we overcome that to pass some meaningful reforms, to pass some meaningful bills that will help the people? You know, when I look at, for example, I love asking Republicans and conservatives, is there anything that Obama has done that you agree with? I love asking Democrats and liberals, is there anything that Bush did that you agree with? Mm -hmm. And I like to hear their reaction because their reactions are more so attack mode. And, you know, they they don't agree with much of nothing. And out of eight years of, of, of George Bush presidency, I mean, a Democrat or liberal, you can't tell me one thing that this man does, that this man has done that you agree with. Out of what five, six years uh, uh, of, of five years of Obama, is there one thing, one thing that the Republicans and conservatives can say that they agree with this man that he did? 
but everything is so anti right now. Yeah. And it's and it's unfortunate. You know, what I mean I, I went to I went to speak at, at this event in Rocky Mount and and it was a tough crowd, man. It was a tough crowd because I go talk to whoever. I spoke at NAACP meetings, I spoke at Occupy meetings and I speak at Tea Party meetings and Republican meetings. I go to Democrat meetings, I go in black churches and talk. It don't matter to me. They they they, they give me the mic, I get up there and do what I need to do. That's right. But it's like when I went to that event, yo, William Barber called McCrory the hand that made us pick cotton. Wow. And they applauded him, and they applauded him for that. What? They applauded him. They applauded Barber for saying that. And so I had to get up after him, G.K. Butterfield, and K. Hagen, and then I had to go. <laughs> you got set up. <laughs> Man, you but I couldn't, you know, everything in me was saying, walk out the door, just walk out, just walk out. You know, everybody will understand, you know, you in the hospital room, but I couldn't. You know, I couldn't. I had to get up there, I had to grab the mic, and I had to talk to the people. And I sent you some of the email responses that I got. Yeah, and, and, and I saw those too, which were wonderful, by the way. And uh, you know what, I, I would love to read some of those on the air. After we, you know, I'll, I'll go through them with you. That, some of that stuff is what people need to hear, I, and I know it's private, so we'll talk about it before, but... You know, that that's some things that people need to hear where they have a different ideology. They belong to a different party. They think different. They feel different. But at the same time, when a person like, you know, such as yourself, conservative cab, as you call yourself, you know, could walk in the room and say, you know what, here's what we need to do. Here's how we can do it, and I'm willing to help. This, th- that's what people need to hear. That's what people want to hear. You know, people don't always want a whole bunch of controversy, especially not right now where people are barely paying bills. You know, where folks still aren't hardly finding jobs. So, you know, people want solutions, yep. man. And, you know, I'm, I sit with, with my job. I, I I meet with a whole lot of different people, different different groups, you know, whether it's um, for-profit or non-profit. And I'm a, I'm an uncompromising Christian. I ain't compromising on nothing. Not for my faith. But I, I sit, don't believe that. But I sat in a room with, some, with, with, with Muslims, and we agreed more than we disagreed. Yeah. We agreed on tax policy. Yeah. That that you know we we thought that you know we uh, they, they there were some people that I sat with they were in agreement with what the Republicans did in lowering the um, the income tax rates for everybody. They were in agreement with that. I sat with Muslims where we talked about being anti-abortion. I'm sick of this mm-hmm. pro-life pro-choice conversation. By the way, I'm more so anti-abortion. I'm against. I'm against. Um, people taking a pair of forceps, sticking it up inside a woman and crushing a baby's skull. I'm anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Me and the Muslims you know, agree on that. Yeah. Huh? And, and Kev, that, 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 you know, that's something I've been saying on the show since the inception of this show. You know, I, like I say, I'm, I'm pro-life all day. I'm for life because I'm pro-Christ. It is what it is. And, and, and that, you know, I'm not going to waver on that, as you said before. But you know what, man? As a conservative, as a believer in the Constitution, all things free for all people, or, or not all things, but, you know, the saying, things free for all people, I can't sit here and say I want the government to legislate that because I don't. I'm not looking for the government to legislate morality for people. Not at all. I'm not looking for the government to make decisions for people because we know where that leads to. We know what that leads to. So I'm on either side of the fence. I'm not for that. So you know what I'm saying? So, And I don't know why that's difficult for people to understand 
and I, and I got to keep it funky. Like even Mitt Romney said that before. Now whether it was the truth or not, I don't know. But even he said that, and people were saying, "Well, I don't understand what he means. He's pro-life, but at the same time, you know, this is me, man. That you know, that's me all day. So I know exactly what you're saying. You know, when you when you made the comment that you know you're sick of pro-life and abortion conversation, I'm sick of it too, man. Because at the end of the day, I just want people to be safe. I want them to be more knowledgeable, and I'm not here to write to pass any bill that tells the woman what she cannot willingly freely do. Do I agree with it? Hell no. And see, the thing with with a lot of legislation that's coming out, a lot of legislation comes out because they try to undo what somebody else did. So on the state level, they got to pass this this anti-abortion legislation because of Roe versus Wade and because they look at how strong Planned Parenthood is and how how their money and their influence and their lobbyists reach so many different things. You know, yeah. how they get oh, this yeah. stuff into the school oh, yeah. system, you know, and, and they and they and so so the states are forced to pass this legislation. The federal government won't do it, so the states got to right. do it. You know, so, I mean, it, it's a lot of things that are going on. You know, so in North Carolina in 2013, we had to pass a law that dealt with abortion because of a law that was passed in 1979. You know, so these things just keep going on and on and on and on and on. Whoever's in power, they're going to try to undo something that somebody else did. Racial Justice Act was passed in, what, 2009? Yeah. Four years later, you know, the Republicans got to spend time repealing something that they don't like that somebody did in 2009. You Which know was a saying? joke so, to begin with. Oh, yeah, man, that thing was just a fraud in the first place. And I, and I wish the Republicans would expose that thing. Huh? I said it wasn't even based on North Carolina or anything. <laughs> Yo, the crazy thing about that, Bill P., my biggest opposition to it was, well, for one, the name. Because, you know, we got to look at the political climate that was going on at the time when it was happening. 2009, you got the first black president just elected. You got, um, you know, a lot of people screaming racism, this, racism, that. So you pass a bill and you put the racial justice. Anything that has to do with race is so sensitive and it's so taboo unless you're calling somebody a cracker. We'll get into that later on. But... Right now, with this bill, in North Carolina, if they would have just, if, if, if the Republicans and Democrats would have just looked at the actual statistics from the Department of Public Safety website, they would have saw that Beverly Perdue was lying, that Speaker Joe Hackney was lying, and that uh, uh, William Barber was lying. I can't even, I want to call yeah. him Reverend. William Barber was lying. Yeah, that, I don't call him Reverend either. <laughs> that, that because at the, at the, 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 the from 1984 up until today, let, let me back up, let's get a little bit of history. From 1910, 1910 was the first execution, recorded execution in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Up, up until 1962, there was about four times more blacks executed as whites. If they would have used mm-hmm. that for their basis, they would have had a case. But then there was a 20-year moratorium on it where there was no execution from 62 up until like 83 or 84, something like that. From 84 up until today, you got 13 blacks were executed and 28 whites were executed. 28? I thought it was 27. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Yeah, 28 28 whites were executed, 13 blacks were executed, and they passed this Racial Justice Act. And not one time, P, not one time in the media have I heard any Republican, any conservative, anybody that was in the legislature at that time cite those stats one time. Not one time. It was safe to say that it wasn't bill, really about. 
It was about the money. Yeah, we know that. Everybody's argument when it comes to politics nowadays is money. It's either money or it's, or it's disenfranchisement. You know, but, you know, so they pass these bogus laws. But it is what it is, man. But I, I think that, you know, if you – I got this piece of paper that I got to give to you, and if you can, if you can post it on your website. It has conservative versus liberal beliefs. And it's everything oh, from I abortion over – you got it from abortion all the way down to um, welfare. Absolutely. And they don't Three agree things. on one thing. Nope. They don't agree on one thing. So how can you have how can you have a political climate and try to get some stuff passed that benefits the people when you don't agree on one thing? Imagine and for for the folks out there that's married and for the and for the folks out there that that that's looking to get married. How could you how could you manage a, a healthy household if you and your spouse don't agree on anything? <laughs> For my Christians out there, the Bible says a house divided itself against itself can't stand. Right. So if we call our 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 U.S. House of Representatives and all of this other stuff, a house divided against itself will not stand. If we don't agree on nothing, me and my wife would have been divorced a long time ago. <laughs> I think all of us would have. Yep, if I said, you know, if we drive in the car, go left, no, go right, go left, go right. You know what I'm saying? We can't agree on what to eat. We can't agree on what color to paint the house. We can't agree on what sheets. We can't agree on how to raise the kids. We can't agree on what school to send the kids to. We can't agree on how to pay the bills. Anything. Nothing. That's politics today. And I propose, I propose, see, to me the most important part of the election cycle is the primary. I propose that everybody gets primary. I might be stepping in some deep waters right now. Everybody gets primary. Everybody. Everybody should go. Ch- everybody should be challenged in the primary. Because, to me, that's the most important part of the election. The people that wins the primaries are the people that have name recognition and money. Absolutely. A lot of the candidates that are quality candidates don't make it out of the primary election. If we if we can if we can get two or three people to challenge somebody in the primary and have it based upon issues, have people put the issues out there, have candidate forms to see where people really stand on the issues, we'll see that a lot of the people that we have in office don't even need to be there in the first place. I remember during primary elections, man, I'm 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 sitting there at these candidate forums, some Republican, some Democrat, and, and I, uh, you know, both. I sit there, I sit there in both of them, and I listen, and I'm listening to these people, and and they don't even know what office they're running for. Some of them running for state legislature, and they talking about what they're gonna do, but that's not in their job description. That's what the city council yeah, is supposed to be doing. Oh man, Kev, I could, I could, I could definitely speak on that a little bit. You know, people will ask you to help with their campaigns and. Once you start asking them questions, they don't even really know why they're running. No, no one's asked them to run. They really don't have a passion for it. And and, and here's something too that I just want to put out there for a second. But if you're not a people person, meaning if your ass can't say hello to people, please stop running for office. Please. If you if you don't have the decency to just say hello to people and walking down the hall, 
I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're not even looking at you. I don't care if they don't respond. If you're a political candidate, and this is advice that I always offer when asked, speak to everyone. Hello, how are you? And keep it moving. It's not so bad to say hi. But you get these people who are so uh, uh, so stuck on or or so hyped up on who they are, or, or maybe people have got them so hyped and they think that they're somebody because they're running for an office or maybe they held an office prior, you know, they're so stuck on themselves that they don't think that they have to interact with people. And that's crazy. You know, a, a political job is a job to serve. You ain't nobody special. You, you're a servant. You know what I'm saying? Yep, and that's why we primary them, take their check away. That's one thing I love about the Tea Party. If you get out of line, you will face a challenge. That's right. They're gonna check you. <laughs> they will put somebody up against you, uh-huh. and you, you, you either you, they're gonna pull you, they're gonna get you right back in line. Yeah. That's what I love about the Tea Party, man. You, you, yes, you step in line, or you, or you get out of office. Those are your two. You get in line or get out of office. Those are your two options. <laughs> there, there is no other option with the Tea Party. You know what I'm saying, and I and I and I wish to you know that everybody would do that because there's some candidates now that don't even need to be there. Amen. But yeah, man. But you know, up there in the gov's office, man, we we are trying to make some things happen, man. We're trying to make some things happen. It's kind of like turning a um, kind of like turning a battleship. <laughs> you know, it's not you can't you can't just you can't just one hand on the wheel and turn it left and then hit a U turn. You know, it's it's kind of it has to it's it's a gradual turn, you know, and I, I and the results will speak. You know, the results will speak. You know, and that's one thing that, that, that he says a lot. You know, it, it the results will speak for themselves. He announced the creation of over you know, close to about eleven thousand jobs. You know, things are happening, working on transportation, trying to, the jobs that are out there, the jobs that are created, now we got to figure out a way to get people to them. I don't think you people know, so know about them. That, I think that's one part of the, that, see, that's something I was going to say, and and that's a bone I got with Macquarie administration. Sorry, bro. You know, I love you. But, uh, I love you too, man. Keeping it 100. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all need a bad guy. I need a guy that can go out there and kick ass and take names later. And and um, more of the stats need to be out. Like, you know, right now, McCory's making history with jobs and capital, meaning money, being brought to North Carolina in the first six months, six months of any governor's, or seven months now, or working on eight. But no governor has brought this much money and this many jobs in North Carolina. And people will argue that, you know, he's making uh, promises to big business and this, that, and the other. But, man, at the end of the day, whatever you got to do to bring these jobs to North Carolina, if it's not hurting North Carolinians, I'm all for it. But you guys got no one out there talking about that. All we hear in the streets and, and you know, all we are, all we hear out here is the negative. You know, the things that he's not doing, the the language that, you know, doesn't agree with his agenda, and, and, and it's crazy. So I think you guys need a bad guy. 
You need somebody that will just come out and, and, and be spoken and well-spoken and don't care what other people think based off of the facts, the things that Pat McCrory is doing. And I think that will make life a lot better. I don't know if you agree with that. You don't, you don't have to say either way. But I, I'm just I'm throwing that out there to you because this is what I believe. All right, and I'm paying attention. So, hey. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you know, Maybe we, I'll come with that next week, we Kevin. Yeah, we got we got a we got a few people out there, you know, trying to trying to push push a message. But you know, I mean, it's not at the budget's passed. You know, we'll 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 see. Yeah, I like to see more of that. I definitely like to see more of that. Cause somebody need to get at the NAACP from the governor's office. Good God, they're giving y'all hell down there. Yeah, man. But see, the, the thing too with that is, as far as Republicans and conservatives go, we don't have an organization that is primarily black that can challenge this. We don't have individuals out here, and I'm just speaking about North Carolina, with a strong enough voice to challenge this man. We don't have people out there that, you know, and if we did, they're not speaking up. Why? I don't know. But they're not being there. There was a there was a situation, and I'm gonna put this out there, man. There was supposed to be an interview, um, with with with, with William Barber, on on the network, and they asked for somebody to 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 to, to debate on the other side. Well, somebody mm. got put up to debate him on the other side. And that never happened. <laughs> William Barber don't debate. No, he doesn't. He says what he needs to say, and then he gets off the stage and goes home. Get up out of there. But see, the, the thing with the NAACP is that, you know, in my opinion, is that, and for me, for one, I can't sit here and say I disagree with everything that they say. I just disagree with the hypocrisy in it. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I disagree I, with the I disagree with the hypocrisy, man. And, and it's like how... How can you have somebody standing out there with the collar on as a pastor that 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 only advocates on portions of the Bible that fits with his political agenda? Let's be also, clear though. Also, politics trump religion for that man. Let's be real clear on that. Oh yeah. The Bible talks about them too. They call call them Pharisees, but also Pharisees. It's, it's like it's like with with the with this agenda that they're pushing, this agenda that they're pushing that goes anti to what he's talking about. You know, this man, in addition to him saying about McCoy being the hands that made us pick cotton, he also said that preachers <laughs> need to stop preaching foolishness and start preaching justice. Last time I checked, Whoa. if you were Christian, when 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 is sin foolishness? Whoa. Hold on, hold on for a second now, because I, I want to make and sure. And he got applause. I, I want to make sure my listeners heard that. First of all, I don't know why the hell he got an applause. That's like, uh, what's that movie, Vampire in Brooklyn? Evil is good, and good is evil. And everybody Yo, say amen. Hey, there, was a, there was a church, man. There was a <laughs> church that the pastor was preaching so good, and the pastor had the congregation so up in arms. He said green beans, and the people went crazy. 
See, that's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. That's that's craziness, man. But look, I, look, I want I want to I want to make this point, and 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 I'll, I'll let you go. I know I've been hijacked you for a while, but listen, the Hello, man, man said. <laughs> this, let me let me make sure I heard you right. So this man actually said that pastors need to stop preaching foolishness, meaning prosperity. In, let me say religious prosperity. I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about soul. So he's saying people need to stop preaching foolishness and start preaching politics. Yeah, you know, stop preaching about salvation, grace, repentance, wow. healing, deliverance, love, you know, all of that good stuff, and start preaching justice. <laughs> Those are his words, not mine. You know, stop preaching foolishness. Wow, man. They ain't mine either. I don't, I don't know what's up with these folks, man. What I do know is this special place for them, Kev. And it ain't the KRP radio show. <laughs> it's a little bit further down south. But all I know, south. man, if, the, if, 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 you know, I mean, it's the Lord to deal with that. But, you know, there's, there's as far as from, from a Christianity perspective, if we don't get pastors that, that preach the gospel from the book of Genesis to Revelation unapologetically and do it in love, then... This, then him and people like him are going to have free reign to say what they want to say and do what they want to do. But, you know, the Christians, we got to make sure that we're in the word, knowing how to identify these soothsayers and and these, and, and, and people like him that 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 preach division, you know, that, that, you know, until we do that, until we find people like that, and there's a lot of them out there, until we find them and elevate them, and, you know, the results that we got, we're going to continue to get them, and it's going to get worse. Because the man's a speaking. He got a strong, and he got a strong following. And he's going to keep rocking the way he's rocking. And that's how oh, Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That That's what he does. He goes in, do his little hate speech, and uh, go eat a barrel of chicken. Yo, six one nine six eight. What's that? He put on a good show, though. <laughs> yeah, I know he's, he's, he's blackface. Yeah, I said it. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. Hit number one if you got a comment. Go on to a commercial. We come right back. I got my man Rocco. Rocco gonna drop some bombs on y'all, and I'm bringing my man Mel Whitlock back. We got some things to talk about. Just for you guys to know. Kevin, and I just want to tell you too, and and you know Rocco and Mel, we're gonna talk about it here in a second. But I just bought the rights to a site called IamASlave.com. Yeah, I am a slave. Be looking for that because we can't escape the system. Apparently, man, we can't we can't get any we can't get the legislators to work together. They don't care to work together. And if you even try to pay attention to what's going on on the other side of the aisle and reach out, you're crucified because of it. Just like they did Christ. We'll be right back, folks. Rocking with the KIRP radio show, baby. Yeah.
thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design. It makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone. Inspire you to take action. Be risky and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, Celebrity Chef Nikki Shaw, Teen and Family Producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, Government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government. Two million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize. Government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey 
The Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. This weather report is brought to you by Miller Market and Media, WM3G. The owners and the home, my company, who sponsors the KIRP Radio Show. Check it out, folks. Monday, 84 high with the low of 65. Should be clouded throughout the day, but sunny for the large part of the day, so... No raincoats are needed. No umbrellas. Tuesday, 86. Thunderstorms all day long. Bring your raincoats. Bring your umbrellas, galoshes, all that good stuff. No barbecues. No barbecues. 67 with a low on Tuesday. On Wednesday, 87. A little bit of rain in the early part of the morning. Uh, 69 degree low. Should be clear throughout the mid part of the day. Thursday, 90 degree high. It's going to be clearing up. Cloudy in the evening. 71 low. Friday thunderstorms are coming back with the vengeance. 90% chance of precip. 87 degree high. 71 degree low on Friday. So, um, this weather report was brought to you by the KRP Radio Show. WM3G, home of the KRP Radio Show. And we're looking for sponsors, folks. If you guys want to sponsor, set us up. 909-KIRP-104, baby. Or send us an email at kirpradio at gmail.com. Sponsorships are pretty cheap, folks. You know, we've got some good ass going on. Adidas is no longer our major sponsor. But shout out to Adidas, though. They're still doing some good things with us, and we do appreciate that. All right, so uh, check us out, folks. And we are back live with the KRP Radio Show, baby. This beautiful evening in August. It's beautiful Sunday. And, uh, you know, my wife should be coming back home. I miss my baby. Y'all don't understand what it is when your wife leaves home and she's been gone. I guess if she left home, she's been gone. But she's coming back. It's not one of them Dear John letters. She's coming back. Got to have her back. Got a bunch of kids. Not just because of the kids, but y'all know what I mean. I get myself in deeper trouble. I miss you, baby. Anyway, welcome to the show. My brother. I call him my brother. We look just alike. My big brother, Rocco. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, Pudgy? Hey, man. Good to hear you on the show, brother. Good to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey, listen. We also got my brother coming out of the Virginia corner, the red corner, 323 pounds. Undisputed heavyweight conservative <laughs> champ, Mel Whitlock. <sighs> Man, you know I'm 335. Come on, get it right, bro. <laughs> hey, man. Just trying to have a good time, man. It's like conservatives don't have no fun. They're telling a lie. We have a good time. 
Welcome to the show, fellas. Glad you guys could be with me this evening, man. And uh, you guys definitely two people that I know personally that that are believers, that are true believers. And um, you know, with all jokes aside, there there are a lot of people out here on both sides of the political spectrum. And no matter what they believe, uh, they all claim to be believers. Normally, believers were votes, but you know, in the end. We'll see. Um, fellas, I, I, I bought the rights to a site. Well, not a site, but it, I had an idea in, um, called I, I Am a Slave. And it's going to be imaslave.com.net, you know, a whole little movement. Hope to get you guys involved. And, and, and here's why. Because you guys know the history of our nation. You, you know the Constitution. And, and, Rocco, you posted something on my Facebook and you had no idea about it. You actually posted the Fifth Amendment, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what it was. I was sleeping when I read it, and I went, ah, it's Fifth Amendment. And, um, you know, you got to know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And, and, Mel, I know you got to know where I'm coming from, too. We can't escape the government, it seems like. We can't escape the big, the hand of big government. And, and it seems like the people are screaming for... Everything under the sun, but we always run back to the government for answers and solutions, and they never give us any. So it gets me to wondering, are we really stuck in this system? Are both sides, you know, playing the game together, and, and, and you know, we're the fool in this? Because that's what I really believe. Rocco, what do you think? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. There was a, There was an academic book. It was written for... It was not written for the general public. It was eventually released. The uh, professor's name was Carol Quigley. He was Ivy League educated. He taught at Georgetown University for a good number of years. He was one of Bill Clinton's mentors. The name of the book was Tragedy and Hope, A History of the World in Our Time. And he was a true, I mean, he was a brainiac. He was an intellectual. He wrote a ton of books on history. But this was his magnum opus. This was his masterwork, published in 66. I'm going to quote something from that. The book's like oh, just over 1,300 pages. Uh, this was on page 1247, if you ever want to read a copy. You get find the free PDF online if you look for Tragedy and Hope, History of the World in Our Time, Carol Quigley. This is the quote. The argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left, is a foolish idea acceptable only to the doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can throw the rascals out at any election without leading to any profound or extreme shifts in policy. We see that at the national level, and we see it clearly in North Carolina. We see that dynamic. The two parties support one another because if there was just one party, then, I mean, it would class people would then be motivated to think outside the box. They have to think in terms of principles. So the paradigm... Yeah, my my, uh, my my little website, paradishift.net, I basically say the, the conflict we're involved with politically and socially, it's not left versus right. It's the tyranny of the state versus the liberties of the individual. Take, for example, Obamacare. We got people elected to Congress. We got people elected to North Carolina State House and Senate that said they oppose Obamacare. Now, what they keep on doing, so much of what goes on in D.C. and in Raleigh's whole theater uh, they, they, we talk about division. The parties want to. They want that division. They want the division. They want the racial division. They want, you know, liberal conservative men white. They want all these types of division because 
you could always blame the other side then. I mean, it's obviously ludicrous in the North Carolina General Assembly because the Republicans have a supermajority. They don't even need the governor to sign anything. So it's ludicrous now for them to blame the Democrats for anything they can't do. But getting back to Obamacare, we have a federal remedy. Very simple federal remedy. Article 1, Section 7, U.S. Constitution. I'll quote, all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives, but the Senate may propose or concur with amendments as on other bills. The House right now has a Republican majority, and they could defund Obamacare. They could defund it. They could cut off all funding towards it. But Boehner and Cantor, the leadership is corrupt. They will not let that be done. People have attempted to do it, including Michelle Bachman. They will not defund Obamacare. They, they won't do it. And in North Carolina, one of the first things they did is they tried to say, oh, well, we're not going to have this state-federal cooperation for the health care exchanges. So they passed a bill that wasn't good. They basically said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a great victory. You know, we're not going to have state-federal exchanges. So they passed a bill making it law in North Carolina for North Carolina to cooperate with the Secretary of Health and Human Services to establish federal health care exchanges. Okay, that, that, that was insane. It was a fake victory. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, so, so then the liberals say, oh, that's horrible. They're opposing Obamacare, but they're not. They made it state law. They just delayed the implementation of Obamacare in North Carolina. Now, there is a state remedy. Very simple, the Tenth Amendment. The Tenth Amendment makes it very clear that the states have powers. Those powers, anything not enumerated in the Constitution, belongs to the states. It's a very, very simple concept. Therefore, if any law is passed that isn't consistent with the Constitution, then a state can nullify that. A state can say, in this state, because it's not constitutional, there's no power, it's null and void here. Okay, very simple. Our Amendment 10 of the U.S. Constitution, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited, prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Alabama, Alabama... <clears throat> has changed their constitution. They have nullified Obamacare. Alabama, you'll never hear about it on the corporate state-controlled news media. Alabama passed a law saying it's illegal for any law to be passed in this state compelling an individual or business to purchase health care insurance. Boom. Wow. Boom. Now, something may happen after that. If the federal government gets more aggressive, then Alabama may have to pass additional laws using what they call interposition, in other words, they may have to then interpose the authority of Alabama against the federal government if the federal government, the IRS, gets more aggressive. And they can do that. In the future, they could pass additional laws to support the law that does exist in Alabama that says now it's illegal to force any individual or any business to buy health care insurance. So it's just so sad. So many people get emotionally attached to their party. They get emotionally attached to leaders, and they just don't realize it's the same agenda. I mean, you look at the national level. Yeah, they're molesting us in the airports. It doesn't matter whether Bush is in the White House or Obama. They're listening to every one of our cell, every one of our cell phone calls, every email, every phone conversation, every electronic financial record is being recorded. It, it continues. Obama runs being against war, then he expands the illegal wars. You have drones killing innocents abroad, and they get us fired up about the Trayvon Martin case, regardless <laughs> how you feel about that. Yeah? But, but this is all designed to divide us. It's all designed to divide us. And if, if you just step back, whether you're Democrat, Republican, or independent, if you just step back and realize, okay, my commitment has to be to the individual liberties expressed in the Constitution, we could fix this. But – so many people are very easily manipulated. They get emotionally attached to a party. They get emotionally attached to a politician, and it works most of the time. That's where I'm coming from. Well, 
Mel, what do you think about all that? I mean, you said a whole lot. Uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was definitely a lot to uh, to take in. Um, I certainly concur with Rocco about the uh, the emotional attachment has become the uh, major staple point of division between, I think, the two parties and two ideologies. Um, yeah. Hey, man, you know, I'm all for uh, common sense America. I believe that, you know, if we as individuals can be pragmatic in how to address things, one thing that I do caution is when speaking to the American people, you have to understand we do live in a society where there is a such thing as a low-informed voter. Low-informed voters have been so desensitized, and I understand it's on, it can be on both sides, but mostly, and I'm not being partisan, but mostly on the liberal side of the perspective, <clears throat> liberal side of the perspective, it's always just mm-hmm. often been an emotional cause for whether it be gender, whether it be racial, whether it be sexual orientation, it's never been an issue of specifically whether the Constitution says this or the Tenth Amendment says says this or what have you. It's common sense to us that states should have a right to decide what type of self-assurance that state wants to allow in that state based upon the Tenth Amendment. Now, Now, however, if you make that argument, the easiest relation that people are always going to say is, uh, what are they going to say? States are states' rights, civil war time. That was the oh, yeah. only one that yeah. the well, civil war we could, you know. we could diffuse that. We could diffuse that, though, historically. The civil war broke out because the southern states said to some degree, hey, the, we have this, we have this, uh, this uh, Fugitive Slave Act, and states like Wisconsin, they're ignoring it. That they're harboring slaves that have that have lost from the states because Wisconsin nullified that. They said there is no legal authority in the Constitution for slavery, so we reject that law. So it's actually just to reverse what they tell us. They say, oh well, yeah, you know, you, 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 you're, you're you're pro-slavery, then you're talking about nullification. No, no, no. You're pro-states' rights. You're basically saying that you believe because there are delegated powers in the Constitution, anything outside those bounds are illegal. Case in point, Obamacare. It doesn't matter. If the Supreme Court said. It's it's legal as a tax. There's nothing. Obviously, you can read the Constitution. There's nothing that compels us to buy health care insurance. So all these people, whether they're and a lot of them are conservatives too, they say, well, you know, that'd be crazy if the states then said it's wrong. Really? Okay, let's think about that. The Dred Scott case, the Supreme Court said mm-hmm. slavery is legal because blacks can be considered property. And later in the 1920s, Oliver Wendell Holmes in Buck versus Bell said, you know, the state can can forcibly sterilize people because the state has a right to say someone's genetically unfit and they shouldn't have to then care for their offspring. So we could we could forcibly sterilize you. So what happens now in North Carolina and other states, they say, oh, no, nah, it was a racial thing. It was, it was just, they were just, they were sterilizing black folk. No, no, no. They were sterilizing people white and black. They considered they're, they're, genetically they're, unfit. The, the eugenics movement is directly tied to uh, you. If you want to tie it, tie it to you can tie it to uh, the Harden administration. You can tie it to the oh, Roosevelt yeah. administration, especially. Oh, yeah. So I understand that. My point is that we that you have to understand that you're speaking to the lower form voter. So when oh, yeah. we do that, we have to break it down in practical terms to make it clear to them. Like if we speak, who has an issue with uh, with protection with protecting the family? But if we go off and we say Second Amendment, gun rights, and all that stuff like that, then actually people have been conditioned to say, oh, right. that's bad. But right, that's right. Say, well, 
or don't you want to protect your family? Who does? Who who would not blow somebody's head off if they came through your bed door unannounced? I know yeah. I would. You know, you know, I know you, know, you would, Rocco. I know you would, Budgie. But no, no, you probably got three waiting for somebody. That's true, but you still have these people that they're always going to manipulate language because right now. Anything against Obama, who's obviously biracial, everyone says he's black, but anything against Obama, whether it's Obamacare or Second Amendment, if you oppose it, then you're a racist. I mean, it's just, you're a racist. You know, if, if you don't oh, want to eat fish, you're a racist. Anything. <laughs> well, but, but the real thing about it is, is it goes back to that point of finding a, a practical approach, and I hope this venture that Pudgy is speaking about uh, speaks about that practical apo- approach. And I'm going to actually touch on that briefly about, you know, the I'm a slave. I concur with you wholeheartedly, Pudgy, about the idea that that the government or this mindset is of a slave mentality because when you think about the slave in the relation between him and his master, what did that slave depend on his master for? A roof over his head, food in his stomach, and a place to in, and just essentially a, pl- a, a place. Our government today has desensitized the role of the man in the family so much so that men cannot even get a fair trial in a fair court case in family court regarding custody and child support. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. No, I agree. I'll take it a step further. The family courts today are, are the logical extension. This is the expression of the old eugenics boards. Okay. All the family courts in North Carolina, they're illegal. It's illegal based upon the federal and the state constitution because there's no jurors right. involved. A social worker could show up at someone's house based upon an allegation, when may be true or false, and then if some people, unfortunately, are foolish enough to let them in, they don't have a warrant, they're not, yeah. it's not legal for them to come in, they could lose their children. It, it, it's insane. So all of this, this, this is something that should cut across the left-right divide. Once again, I'll beat up on the Republicans. I'm a Republican. We have a Republican supermajority. We could get rid of child protective services. No, we don't need these eugenic people around. And that's the these eugenics judges and eugenic social workers. We don't need them. But you don't see you see the corruption. They won't touch it. They won't touch it. But well, and I agree. I agree with you on that as well too. Where we have to start being more. And I say we. I'm talking about as American people. We have to start just being more. It's a, it's a reason that Congress. Has the lowest approval rate now, and it's not oh, just yeah. because of the Democrats. It's not just because of the Democrats. No. It's, it's because of the Republicans also. But we've got to get to a point where number one, as I said before, Charlie Rangel has spent forty years in Congress, and <laughs> I have heard this guy. I, I call him the Cat Calloway of Congress, died fried, laid to the side type of brother. Anyway, <laughs> but he he said in senator remarks against. The Tea Party calls them white crackers. How in the hell does somebody in a sitting congressional seat who makes who passes laws for our government hold such a position? And I'll tell you, well, he's and I'll you I'll, well, it's, very it's, much it's, so. It's, it's, the it's the racist, concept right? of the Congressional Black Caucus is racist. But I'm not just targeting them. But if you look at the idea of where we are today as a society. How does this man get 43 years in, in Congress? How does how does he get that? Unless, which is which is what that's 22 uh, 22 terms. Unless mm-hmm. somebody keeps re, re by voting him in. Jesse Jackson Jr. Had he not been in jail right now, that he would have still got voted back in. This goes to the no, low informed no, no. informed voter base that I speak about. 
where people are emotionally attached to their candidate more so than they are direct on their policies. Right. It's the same. The Republicans, it's it's really the same deal. What happens as, you know, it's very difficult once you're incumbent to get beat. And then people, I do disagree on that one. Yeah. I do, cause they don't. The, the Democrats don't have a Tea Party. The Tea Party, the Tea Party, kicked out a lot of long-term incumbents. I wish they would right. get rid of Ron Paul, but, the, the, <laughs> but we can't get it done. <laughs> what, what, but why would you want to get rid of Ron Paul? Uh, yeah, Ron, what's up with Ron Paul, man? Ron Paul is a career politician. Ron Paul has not had. Ron Paul is not paid. Ron Paul runs on an anti-career politician platform, and he served more than twenty some odd years in Congress. And you know he's like, gone. You know he's out of Congress now. You know he retired. That's like, oh, he, oh, so he retired out of Congress. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, yeah. he, after he didn't win the presidency, so I'm fortunate yeah, he, to hear he that. In, in Texas state law, he could have ran for his house seat like he did in uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. But now he said that was, well, he said if he didn't win the presidency he was done so so he he left on well, his I'm own. Well, for, I'm fortunate that he did. But as I say, that goes to the point of you know hypocrisy where where I don't like listening to like my congressman in the sixth district here in Virginia, Bob Goodlatte, uh, anti career anti on an anti career politician platform. But he served over 20 years in Congress. The problem with but the good thing about that is there is a Tea Party movement that had these congressmen not been favored by the Tea Party movement, they would have been found they would have found a way themselves out of Congress. Democrats don't have that. Democrat the Democrat base has been locked in lock and step. The C B C C the C D C serves a purpose. Yeah. The well, Latino uh, caucus yeah. serves a purpose. Yeah. There's some truth there's some truth to that, but the reality is both parties they're gonna support whoever gets elected because it's all it's all theater. In other words, the Democrat is just going to be up to the Republican, vice versa, regardless of the issues. Yeah, the Tea Party's shown some life, but a lot of it's been co-opted. You know, a lot of people, like like I said right now, the U.S. House could defund Obamacare. The, the you know, leadership won't do it. If the Tea Party people were real, they'd be saying they'd be having press conferences every other day calling out Boehner and Cancer. Yeah, you know, they're not doing it. I mean, you, you got some well, guys like Walter oh, oh, Jones. Oh, let, let's talk about that for one second. Because, mm-hmm. I, listen, there's a lot of people listening, millions, eventually, um, you know, whether they're listening live or listening to the, the rebroadcast, mm-hmm. there'll be millions of people that will listen to this broadcast. So I just want to, let's cut it off, and I just want to ask you guys simply this. Why don't we want Obamacare? Oh, very simple. Why don't we Obama- want Obamacare, in your words? Very simple. Very simple. Obamacare... Uh, basically, Bush greased the skids for this by expanding <laughs> Medicare, uh, giving you know, the the the, uh, the drug the prescription drugs. So if Bush hadn't done that, we would never got to Obamacare. So again, you see the hypocrisy of the two party system. We don't want it because number one, uh, it has death panels. Okay, it's going to have more centralized control is the enemy of individual liberty. So we don't need death panels. We don't need people deciding when you get to a certain age the state isn't going to afford to keep you alive. Number one. Number two, we're all going to pay hold, more. Hold, and get hold on, hold on, but number one for mm-hmm. a second, Rocco. Mm-hmm. Hold on for sure. a second, but number one, because this is a big sure. one for me, and, and this is one I like to elaborate on. You know, when I'm going somewhere and I'm talking to people about this, because that people don't seem to grab this. Okay. Explain what a death panel is. The folks have heard me say it over and over and over in my own words. 
but I want you to explain what a death panel actually is in literal terms. Okay. It's an extension of the philosophy again. All these people, both left and right, are eugenicists. In other words, they believe they want to make the world better. And one of the ways they think, these elites think they're going to make it better, is through depopulating the world. This is why abortion is so popular. You know the deal with Margaret Sanger. She was a racist, and that's why more black babies are aborted than white, proportionally. So they will set up a panel. Hitler too now. <laughs> they'll set up a panel, and, and they'll say, you get to a certain age, then the, the state will determine whether or not it's, it's worthy for them to expend money to keep you alive. Bill Gates talked about this. I mean, he's big into this eugenics. He's, he's big into this. So you have these, Absolutely. These, the, boards, the, the boards will be set up. You get to a certain age, and the state will say, well, it's not in the best interest of the collective to keep you alive. So we're just not going to give you – we're not going to give you any money for whatever procedure or, or for whatever procedure you need. So, you know, you'll probably just die. <laughs> and, of course, that will eventually leave – to active euthanasia. That's passive. It'll eventually lead to active, which they've done in Europe in certain places. Well, it, here's the thing, Rocco, that I, and, and I don't, it, it seems like when you, and I'm not going to even call it Obamacare no more because mm-hmm. this, this freaking guy, his ego is so huge. Like, he, this is his legacy bill here. You know, this is his piece that's going to keep him locked in history forever. So I'm not going to call it Obamacare. I'm going to call it what they name it, the Affordable Care Act. I'm not even going to give him that freaking justice. So on the Affordable the Care Act. and Affordable Care Act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, man, it, it's crazy because folks don't really understand that these type of scenarios happen every day. Like, we get letters from the state that says, effective such and such date, this is going to happen. Effective such and such date. That's going to happen. People don't understand that if you don't have their own say-so over what particular medication you want to take, that you're going to have to take what the state or the Fed tells you you're going to have to take. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you three choices of whatever they approve, but if you don't want to take it, you don't get your medication. This is written no. into the Affordable Care Act. It doesn't matter if you get headaches from this medication, okay? It doesn't matter if it makes you nauseous, you know? It doesn't matter if it makes your hair fall out. They don't care. No. They're going to approve one particular medication, and this is all you're going to be able to get. Just based off that simple understanding should be enough to make you say, whoa, this ain't what we need. This this is not what we signed up for. it's not left versus right because Obamacare is written by the big insurance companies, it's not. and it makes sense. Because if you if you have an insurance company and then you can force by law people to buy your product or service, obviously you control the price. That's why the prices have gone up. And now we also see it's designed to destroy the economy. People are already getting laid off because companies aren't going to be able to afford full-time employers because then they'll be constrained by law to give them health insurance. So you're going to see more and more people working two part-time jobs. It's horrible. Mel, what do you think about that? Obamacare, uh, uh, Affordable Care Act. You know, why well, do we need it? I think I think Rocco just uh, just hit the nail in the coffin with one of the problems is that uh, companies, as history has shown, anytime you try to regulate or overregulate a company, a company is going to bypass that regulation. So while they pass emotional legislation, which was the Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare, what have you. 
companies like Walmart have already started putting in place, you know, programs where they are moving people from full-time to part-time. And, yes, you will have to work part-time jobs. Now, my my reason is a little bit different from Rocco's, why I don't support it, is, uh, well, for those reasons as well. But more so, it was based off of a lie. I can remember watching Keith Olbermann before he got fired from MSNBC. <laughs> In tears, in tears on MSNBC talking about we need to pass this bill because every day somebody's dying. So we're going to pass a bill that won't get implemented implemented till five years later because every day at that point in time when he said it, someone was dying. It was built off of a lie, and the Congress who went before the floor and spoke out in support of the bill made a perception to the American people that People were dying every day because we didn't have Obamacare or Affordable Health Care Act. Last time I checked, it's illegal for any emergency room to turn away someone. True. At least if you're an illegal alien, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least if they're illegal aliens. You're exactly. right. You know, and and then Obamacare also, when people didn't understand when it talks about uh, preventative services and contraception services, Planned Parenthood, before the Republicans started kicking up a big fuss about it, was going to receive additional funding for this. But this goes back to the conversation you and uh, Kevin was having. We can't legislate um, morality. If a woman is right. intent on getting an abortion, there's nothing that I can do that is going to stop her getting an abortion. The only thing I can do right. is fight to make sure my tax dollars do not go to pay for that abortion. If Planned Parenthood wants to run as a private operation, I can't control that. But we have to fight these fights. Obamacare was going to make sure that they received additional funding on that one. People receive Medicaid and Medicare already. Not saying that these are great programs, but the push was built on a lie to say that people weren't getting this type of medical assistance. We have free health. We have free uh, free health care center down here. Every every city that I know in my vicinity has some type of free health care facility or free health care assistance. So we had already had this type of plan put in place. So my question is, why lie about saying that these things weren't put in place when we already know they were put in place? So that's my that's my real issue where I try to look side eye with anyone who says we need Obamacare and they get Medicaid Medicaid. But that's my position. Now, let me interrupt you for one second. Uh, Just let let all the callers know, hey, thanks to everybody who was listening on the air via web, everybody who was listening via the blog. Uh, Check us out next week, same time, same place. We are now entering into the bonus hour. You can call in 619-638-8559 to listen and hear the bonus hour and interact with us in the bonus hour. But we're going to keep this discussion going on until we finish it because we got some good stuff coming up. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Affordable Care Act because, you know, there's a lot of people out here that say, guys, uh, Mel and Rocco, there's a lot of people out here that, you know, they want this Affordable Care Act. Like, they want this health care because, frankly, they're like, I'm broke. You know, I don't have any money, and I'm not getting adequate health care. So, you know, hail to the president for uh, proposing uh, 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 affordable health care that the government will pay for. I'll answer that. And and, and here's the thing, though. But before you comment, here's the thing. Like, people are forgetting that this 
this health care legacy uh, uh, legislation, many, many, many people have tried this before. A lot of people tried it before. And, and this supports my belief that it's backed by eugenicists. It's backed by uh, uh, people who, who you know, depopulist, you know, people who want to believe in population control. You know, so Jesse Jackson tried it. Several other presidents before Clinton even tried it on his first bid and his second bid. You know, everybody has been trying to pull this thing off, but now we have the proper candidate with the proper money behind him and the proper support. Mm-hmm. And, and the people aren't really paying any attention because – any attention because if you oppose President Obama on any issue and you're white, you're definitely racist. Black, you're racist too. You just don't get it. <laughs> and, and and that's what stands at the forefront because racism in this country is a sore wound. It is. I don't mind folks talking about racism. I don't mind people talking about the strides that were made and, and how they feel about it and, and healing through the process. I get that. I understand that. But here's the thing. It's the most effective tool in dividing dividing this country because it's the most sore subject. You understand what I'm going? So when you get somebody, you get somebody who can be vilified based off a false false premise, whether it be true or false, it can be a false premise because everybody's going to say it's racism when they oppose this guy. So you get somebody that you can utilize that powerful tool with, the sky's the limit, and this is why we've been seeing all these second, all these executive orders, and this is why this president, with no experience whatsoever in Congress or in the Senate, excuse me, could get something this monumental passed. Can, can I just say something real quick on that, Budgie, if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah, okay. And this is anybody who's out there listening. You know, I'm about to uh, keep it, keep it, keep it 100%. Keep it real. If you are a black Democrat and you're listening to this, and you are still singing songs talking about we shall overcome, and you voted Democrat, your mama voted Democrat, your grandmama and granddaddy voted Democrat, you're a fool because you have to understand something. Three presidents between 1960 in the 1960s and 2013 have had supermajorities, and those presidents were Lyndon Johnson, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama, or close to supermajorities, but they had Democrat and uh, control House and Senate. And in that time, you're still thinking about we shall overcome Gay marriage has been fought for the, for this cause. Yeah. They're trying to make sure illegal aliens who want to take our teenagers' jobs, who want to take your jobs, who want to do everything, who has no intention or any insistence on helping our black economy and our black neighborhoods, and you still and you're sitting here still singing about we should overcome while they're passing bills as we speak for these people. And the best thing that you and the best thing that you have to yeah. offer is Al Sharpton holding yeah. an unemployed employment march asking for the uh, president for more welfare and more uh, benefits. While we make up twelve yeah. percent of the population, but we account for forty percent of all welfare cases. And you're still thinking about we shall overcome. This is what Malcolm X was talking about when he was talking about people being political chumps. 
You better re-examine yeah. your party and re-examine who you vote yeah. for. I, I, if you still have to think we should overcome. I, I, just, okay. I just, I just said, I, I, I agree, but I just add, I think it goes deeper because you look at the Bush presidency. Okay, he tried to push amnesty. And then Jeff Sessions yep. in his own party, he stopped it. But you had McCain, Lindsey Graham, some of the same criminals that are, that are there in office, should be out of office, probably in jail. You had those guys working with Ted, then Ted Kennedy, and they couldn't get amnesty through, and now it came back. So, you know, all this thing's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Republicans, Tea Party's like, yeah, put up or shut up, man. Yeah, we could kill it all in the House. We could defund everything. And they're still, Boehner and Cantor, still won't come out. They still won't come out and say amnesty's dead. They won't say it. It's bigger than them. Yeah. It's bigger than them. That's why. That's why Ted yeah. Cruz is catching hell up there by himself. Oh yeah. It's bigger yeah. than them. Oh yeah, and that's right. Speaking of which, Bill Richardson said, uh, "Everybody knows who Bill Richardson is. If you don't, he's the former New Mexico governor who's half Hispanic." He said Ted Cruz wasn't a uh, Hispanic anyway because he didn't believe in uh, amnesty <laughs> for illegal aliens. No, but that's but funny. So funny. Earlier, 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 you made a point where you said. You know, the Republicans or conservatives or people on the right, you know, we got to get out of our pickup trucks and start, stop thinking that all illegal aliens are Hispanic and stuff like that. It ain't the people in the pickup trucks saying that. It's the people who are trying to pass amnesty who, who the first people that you think that they talk about is the Latino community, the Hispanic community. Yeah. It is the it is that group right there who's more racially divisive on the issue of what an illegal what constitutes as an illegal alien. Their perception is this dude jumping a fence or fence or climbing in a tunnel. My perception is if you come here and you don't speak my language and you are here illegally, I mean I don't care what 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 your origin is. You're an illegal alien. You're not an undocumented no. worker. I do not know what the hell no, that I, is. I, I what the hell is an undocumented worker? And I, I just say my firearms will never be illegal. illegal. Someday they may they may be undocumented. They'll never be illegal. <laughs> you know, uh, man, I, I look at North Carolina. I, I, I look at North Carolina, a place that's if we're not, I, I'm not sure that the uh, position we held we hold, but it's either one, two, three, or four uh, leading in human trafficking. And it's a lot to be said behind that. Like, I, people aren't paying attention to the things that are happening every day. You know, like like I said about President Obama, with all due respect to his his position, and and all due respect to the people that like him, I just don't. Um, it, it's like this. You know, while he was speaking on. One child, and, 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 you know, man, respect and love for the Trayvon Martin family and rest in peace to that child, okay? I'm, and I'm not even going there no more. But I'm, I'm going to say this. While he was talking about one child, hundreds of other children died. From his own city of Chicago. From his own city of Chicago. And, yeah. and, but see... Here's the thing, though, and, and this goes back to Sir Rocco was saying, you know, and, and that I alluded to, and you, Mel, we're talking about division and, and, and racism. You know, that that old sore wound, you know, we got the NSA scandal. We got Benghazi. We have the Fast yep. and Furious. Yep. We have, uh, what am I missing? It, it, uh, it's so many things that the president chose to be quiet on. 
and not hold a press conference about and not <laughs> speak about. I mean, we talk about the security of the entire nation. I'm not talking about one child and one family. With all due respect to Trayvon Martin's family and him, I get it. But damn, we're talking about the whole nation the, 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 the and all of us losing our lives. And these people the, perpetuating the use of drones in the street out of his own mouth, and nobody still heard that. If you don't no. know what the hell is going on by now, you a fool. He chose to speak on the most decisive topic ever, mm-hmm. but wouldn't speak on CLT6 and, and, and the course. NSA and Benghazi and all this stuff. Man, but, I don't know how but, people but, can't see what's happening. But, 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 what, did he, what did he say? And he, his words, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. <laughs> and, my think, and, my think, and my thinking of, of that is if, if, if it was how does the first black president become, or the first mixed president, just keeping it in 100 with y'all, sorry, how is he the most divisive person on race? Did any of y'all remember when he said that uh, Republicans want blacks to stay at home? Anyone else remember that besides me? Nationally, went publicly and said this. And this man is supposed to be the unifier of the nation, not a Republican president, not a Democrat president. And... And I, you know, and I heard what you said about with the Trayvon Martin family. You, but the reason I think that a lot of backlash came from that, let's just keep it honest. I think had the president never even commented on that damn uh, situation in the first place, I don't think that people would have said people are that <laughs> that anti with him and his racial tirade that they went towards a guy who was an idiot who followed behind a teenage kid and shouldn't have followed him. Yes, I said that. But that's where, I think that's where the source of, you saw this Zimmerman side, Martin side, Zimmerman side, Martin side. He caused more division just by that one statement alone. We should have kept his mouth shut, went to Chicago, consoled, consoled all of the 70 kids that were killed that weekend. But he didn't. Man, well, I'll hold him it, on it, there it, right it goes, now. A GSG. It, it is the... It's divisive, yeah. but it goes deeper because because of the media. We have about six companies that control over 90% of everything on TV, network TV, cable TV, newspapers, and magazines. Right. So we really have – I mean, it sounds harsh. We really do have fascist state-controlled media. It's down to six companies. So they ran with this. I mean, even if, even if, he, if he didn't say this – they want to divide us. They want to keep us fighting on this because it's an emotional thing. So they're always going to play the race card because they don't want us talking about the NSA. I mean, everyone's getting molested in the airports. It's not just white people. It's not just black people. People are getting killed by drones abroad, and they want to use, they want to uh, they want to use them here. And obviously, look at all the black kids that got killed in Chicago because they're disarmed. They don't want real issues. They want us to react emotionally. Well, well, Rocco, about that. I mean. I guarantee you MSNBC got their highest ratings during that whole Trayvon Martin situation. Because yeah, that's what they know. Three more people instead of five to eight I mean, people watching that week. Yeah. I mean, because you think about it, probably one of, and I'm not saying that it's nothing racial or anything, probably the two lowest people with our, who possess articulate ability to discuss a conversation, Melissa Harris-Perry 
and Al Sharpton of all people, yeah. how do they get their own show when ninety percent of the stuff they talk about is racism? No, ninety percent of it. I mean, that's actually Al Sharpton sounds like. I mean, I mean, it's not a personal type, but he does sound like. I mean, he's not all there. But you talk about a guy who's who's beyond the fraud. I mean, he makes Barber look like you know Bar- Barber's a first class act. I mean, just you talk about Tawana Brawley. I mean, the guy lies in upstate New York about a black girl saying that she was raped by, I think, a police chief. He's completely discredited. Tawana Brawley can't come back. She's in Virginia, I think. She can't come back to New York or she'd be arrested. And he gets a job on MSNBC. They want to divide us. I mean, that's what it's all about. But that's what it's intended to do. And it, and it is these major media networks like, how, how in the hell does Soledad O'Brien Get to tell us what Black America is. I don't know. And no one knew she was black until three years ago. I mean, honestly. But am I right or am I wrong? You're right, man. I'm just sick of all these folks, man. These folks are relative. And and I I always say this, man. Everybody that's talking can't go where I can go. You know what I'm saying? They can't mingle with the folks that I can mingle with. And and I say that powerful. You can call it what you want, but I just call it common sense and being a regular guy that I can interact with all people and still be comfortable. From doctors and lawyers to slums and bums, it is what it is because I'm just a regular people person. No. These politicians should be able to do that. Absolutely. You know, these 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 news socialites or whatever you want to call them, these folks should be able to do that, but they can't. So how the hell can you speak for those people that you can't even have a hold of conversation with? They're losing control. The government and and, and you know, the state-sponsored media, corporate media, they're slowly losing control of the narrative. The the uh, Pentagon, they had a press conference. Uh, civilian had a press conference with all the the uh, public affairs officers, and he basically said, pretty much in so many words, we have to stop lying. And he mentioned the Drudge Report. He says people shouldn't hear when a story breaks from the Drudge Report before us. And you know, Napolitano, she, you know, she's attacked Drudge. They yeah. hate the fact yeah. that people, that, that Drudge drives the news cycle. They, they, they hate oh, the yeah. fact. They hate it. So, I mean, we're so winning slowly. It's, it's, we, we're in the bonus out, guys. And uh, it's, it's, it's 15 after. It's time to close it up, man. I would love to do this again with you guys. And, um... You know, I'm a slave.com. I'm a slave.net. You know, the reason I say that is because people can be locked up for larceny for forgetting to return a, a VHS tape. A friend of mine actually got locked up over a weekend for larceny for a VHS tape that he forgot to take back or that he just chose not to take back or whatever in like 95. Yeah. And you can't shake this stuff off your record. You know, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, we always seem to have the answer to the system for the so-called freedoms that they already claim that we have. And until we can get together, despite these party lines, despite even our religious beliefs, until we can get together and understand that we need to do right by all people and do what's most beneficial for all people. Now, in my mind, under the rule of God, under the authority of God, without the conflict of what God says in his law. That's just for me. Again, I can't compromise on that. 
So maybe if you got to kick me out of the room, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think there's a series of conversations that need to be had for bipartisanship, and uh, there's not a lot of bipartisanship that's going on right now. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we got a lot of work to do, folks. All I ask is that you communicate with the chipper, make sure you stay informed on the issues, talk about the issues, don't let people silence you, don't let people, you know, make you not talk about the issues because they're, they're uncomfortable with them themselves. All right? Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Mel, let's do it again next week, brother. No, hey, man, if it's in my schedule, you know I got you. All right, man, one love. Thanks for calling. No problem, brother. All right, folks, we are out of here. Thanks for listening to the KLP Radio Show. You are B.I.G. in my book. We out. Damn hoods, news calling no good Through the same crack spots, multiple Faking lives through the million dollar Proper neighborhoods that find cops Blending right in the grass, probably standing in your path Walking through this cold world with a motive And a mask, as I walk down the street Straight, what do I see? I see the whole world looking at me, what's going on? What's going on? I ain't made up to hate you To hate you, but the music ain't What do I see? I see the whole world looking at me. What's going on? What's going on? I ain't made up to hate. Hey yo, hey yo, respect for another's been gone Been dead like the meaning of a current rap song Don't get me wrong, and I ain't made up to hate too much But the music mainstream just don't say too much It's like an easy button, somebody press and repeat Because the top five joints all sound the same It's like you shake your ass, bitch, bitch, trap, trap, shoot a bat High car in the trap, get drunk and all that, but yo And every day it's not a part of your video shoot It's our brothers that be dying in the desert for you, while the bomber shooting J's, homie, left is the truth. They shooting F-16s, and 12-year-old soldiers kill American dreams. And CNN ain't talk about a not damn thing. It is what it seems when I walk down the street, you see them looking at me, at me, at me, at me. As I walk down the street, street what do I see? I see the whole world looking at me. What's going on? What's going on? I ain't made up to hate you, to hate you. But the music mainstream just don't say, just don't say. As I walk down the street, street what do I see? I see the